it. Scary Parish, it's Thursday, November 5th, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and today we're continuing our series of previews of the top seven conferences in college basketball. We've already done the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the SEC. Today, we turn our attention to the Big East, where Villanova is considered by most to be the favorite. If the Wildcats win this league, they'll be Big East champ for the seventh time in an eight-year span. They've been running this league, although it should be noted, uh, they actually shared the title last season with Creighton. Both the Wildcats and Blue Jays finished 13-5 and five in the league. They should be each other's biggest challenger this season as well. How good can Villanova be without Sadiq Bay? How good can Creighton be without Marcus Zagorowski? We're going to get into it momentarily, but first, check this out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. So, Norlander, today we're focusing on the Big East. Most people have Villanova picked first in the league. Basically, everybody has Villanova and Creighton in the top two of the league. So let's start with Jay Wright's Wildcats. Are you concerned at all about Villanova losing its best player, Sadiq Bay, without enrolling a high-level replacement? Or are the Wildcats just so otherwise loaded that you expect them to be a legit national title contender anyway? Yeah, they're loaded. Um, as we record this on Thursday morning, good morning to you, GP. Um, good morning. Nova. So a couple things. One, uh, the Kempom ranking projections are now out, as is my 1-357. to So to my surprise, Nova is number four at Kempom. Baylor is one. Zaga is two. Duke is three. We'll get to that another time. Nova is four. My 1 to 357 finished publishing on Thursday. You can go ahead and check that out. I'll even have a link in the podcast description if you want to uh, push through on that. I have Villanova 1, as has been previously mentioned on this podcast there. I'm in on them. Now, losing Bay is big, but to me, I, I voted Colin Gillespie, first-team All-American. Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, top 25 player in college basketball. Justin Moore is going to make our list of the top 100 players in college hoops as well. And then... You know, I've been told Cole Swider is going to be the kind of breakout kind of guy. 
reliably hit from deep. Jermaine Samuels was a highly touted recruit when they got him, and uh, let's see if he uh, if he can really ferment into a big time uh, starting level player for Nova. And oh, by the way, if if those five are the starting five, to me, Nova has by far the best six man in the league in Brian Antoine, who might even be able to work into the starting lineup there. So they are so well rounded overall. Tulane transfer Caleb Daniels is also a big time player. I do think. I wrote this in my capsule. I think that this Villanova team is going to be better than the one that won it with Jenkins, and that was a good team. I think this one will be better than that one, but it's not going to be as good as the 2017-18 team, which, in my opinion, was one of the three best teams of the of the 2010. So, quality team. I've got them number one in the sport. I do think they're going to be a comfortable number one in the Big East. Creighton is good, but I think there actually is a little bit of a gap between the Jays and the Wildcats. I'm with you on Villanova. They are otherwise loaded. I mean, losing Sadiq Bay is not great. He was their best player. He's going to be, or at least in my opinion, should be a lottery pick in the 2020 NBA draft. But they return four double-digit scores from a team that won one of the best leagues in the country. I mean, that's strong. They've been top 20 in offensive efficiency each of the past six seasons. You can expect them to, to do that again. And though I completely understand why some people will have Villanova number one in their preseason rankings. I have Villanova third in the top 25 and one, but from my perspective, you could take Baylor, Gonzaga, Villanova, put them in any order, maybe even Virginia, put them in any order and you could be reasonable about the top of your rankings. And so what that means undeniably is that Jay Wright's got a team that is good enough to win another national championship and only six coaches in the history of the sport have won at least three national titles. It's John Wood, Mike Krzyzewski, Adolph Rupp, Roy Williams, Jim Calhoun, and Bob Knight. Jay Wright can become the seventh. And if he does it, he would be a man who has won three of the past five NCAA tournaments. They went in in 2016, 2017, North Carolina gets another one, 2018. That Villanova team wins again, and I think that was one of the best teams of um, in modern history. I, I think that was one of the best championship teams. They were incredibly good. 2019, of course, Virginia wins it. 2020, sadly, no tournament. So Villanova has won two of the past four NCAA tournaments, has a reasonable chance to make it three of the past five. Yeah, and I and again, I do think there's a gap between them and Creighton. And by the way, we will have another. We'll have a full episode dedicated to Villanova as we get closer to the season. So I won't harp too much on them. Um, Creighton, how about this? Uh, quick note on Creighton, and then just a big picture looking on the Big East. To me, Creighton clearly deserves to be in that top tenish conversation. I've got him number eleven. Um, Marcus Zagorowski is the preseason player of the year in the league. Uh, Mitch Ballack is a, is a wonderful scorer. Denzel Mahoney, a great two-way player. They've got a good, solid trio there. They lose Tyshawn Alexander. who losing Creighton losing Tyshawn, to me, is bigger than Nova losing Bay, even though Bay's going to be the better NBA player, going to be the higher draft pick. Uh, that's just my feel on it. Um, if you want to chime in on Creighton, feel free. But here's my thing with Big East. Nova for sure, Creighton for sure. And then, as we're going to get to the rest of the teams on this list, the question is going to be, is the Big East going to have a third team that really emerges and is top 25 quality poking in and out of the rankings there? It's it's far from a sure thing. I, there is a jumble beyond that, three to three to eight, really, and we can get to my third team. Don't worry. I gotta we gotta discuss that. But to me, that's would you wouldn't you agree, Parrish? Like there's a huge, 
huge drop-off. Not to say that Team 3, Team 4, Team 5 won't necessarily qualify for the tournament. That could very well be the case. But the Big East might really only have two teams that are really in the conversation to be like Sweet 16 level. I noticed this as I was prepping. I have Villanova third in the top 25 and one. I have Creighton ninth in the top 25 and one. I don't have another biggest team in the top 25 and one. And in fact, when I extend it to top 35 and one, so 36 teams, I don't have another biggest team in the top 36. I do think more so than probably any other league, there is a, at least on paper, noticeable drop between two and three. Huge drop, huge drop. So you got crate number nine. Uh, so we'll have a, a, an episode dedicated to them as well. So Jays fans, don't worry. We, we got plenty of time to get to your team before the before the season gets going here. Um, okay. Just on Creighton, they, you, you mentioned they lose Tyshawn Alexander. Yeah. They do return five of their top six scores from a team that was the number one seed in the Big East tournament. They went 24-7 and seven last season, finished 12th at Ken Palm. Zagorowski is back. They add... Antoine Jones, a former four-star guard who spent one season at Memphis with Penny Hardaway. Then Penny enrolled the number one recruiting class in America, and Antoine Jones was like, all right, I'm, it's time to bounce. But he is eligible this season at Creighton. So there is a lot to be excited about there. It, it could, you know um, – end up being the, the best team that, that Greg McDermott has ever coached. Yeah, and and to be clear, uh, Marcus Zagorowski was our preseason player of the year uh, in the Big East, and Jay Wright was our preseason coach of the year. Uh, the freshman of the year we'll get to in a second when we mention his team. At CBS, collectively, we have Seton Hall 3, UConn 4, Providence 5. Uh, you mentioned you don't have anyone in your what would be a top 36. I'm with you. Uh, I do contradict myself here because when we were asked to do the Big East prediction i got wonky i threw a wild card in there i have but on the site for our biggies predictions i put butler third on my one to three fifty seven i actually have seton hall as the third team listed i have them at 41st then i have yukon 43 and i have butler 44 now i put butler high uh because i think defensively it's going to be a top three team in the league and also and just uh, just this element all right clue you in a couple things here. So the Big East has released its December schedule and you've got uh, a lot of games between December 11 and December 22 or 23. Um, some teams are playing as many as five games and these aren't geographically sensible games. I mean, you have teams kind of ping-ponging all over the place, uh, getting on planes and whatever, and I've heard from a few coaches, heads and assistants that they understand why the Big East is going to do this, try and get ahead of it to get all these league games in. But there's a lot of pessimism about how the league's powers that be went about scheduling in December, getting that many games in a tight window and basically accepting the inevitability that all those games are not going to get played. Um, now, the reason you put them all there is because of that. So anyway, I bring that up only to say that I think the Big East, because that jumble between three and eight, is to me uh, kind of give and take combined with the weirdness that's going to be that conference season. I do think we're going to get uh, just a couple teams that relatively surprise. So just, you know, and I like to take a chance. I'm higher on Butler than most. Uh, I've got him fifth in my one to 357. I had him third on the site. Um, and I realize that's aggressive, but I got I to see... Like Marquette to me has questions. Providence, I was in on them last year. They've got some talent there. Uh, what do you see as you look around the rest of the league? Which teams are you in? Of course, UConn is now back in the league, and I do think that UConn's going to be one of those just getting into the NCAA tournament type teams. I think there'll be a bubble team that just gets in. James Booknight's a stud. But when you look around the league, GP, kind of give you the floor and take it where you may. What do you see? Well, just um, on Butler, um, 
you know, I, you had them third in on, on, on our Biggie's predictions. I had them eighth. Um, nobody else had them higher than sixth except for you. And I did, you know, you mentioned the Ken Palm preseason ratings published, um, I believe on election night. <laughs> um, so, by the way, just so Pomeroy, like, like just ridiculous. Yeah, 12.05 a.m. Yeah. Eastern on election night, he drops his rankings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kid Pop preseason ratings on election night. Major League Baseball doing Gold Glove Awards on election night. Like, oh, I didn't even, <laughs> Paris, that didn't even hit my radar. Is that, uh, if you're baseball, what the hell are you doing? Like, what? What are you doing? What Just, are you, they they yeah. actually announced, like, and Mookie Betts is a Gold Glove winner. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, we're all trying to figure out who's winning Texas or whatever. I don't know. It, it seems like somebody in Major League Baseball would just raise their hand and be like, hey, guys, um, just think it out loud here. But November 3rd is the night of the election. Maybe we don't hand out some awards that we want to get attention on the night of the presidential election. But I guess Amazing. nobody raised their hand and said that. So um, Butler, 56th at Ken Palm, which would put them sixth in the league. Um, heading into this season, they lose two of the top, I mean, three of the top four scores from a team that finished 22 and nine and 25, uh, 25th at Ken Palm. Kamar Baldwin, of course, gone. Sean McDermott, gone. Jordan Tucker, gone. They're enrolling zero top 125 prospects. So, uh, listen, I, I'm not ruling anything out between three and eight in the Big East as you, as you, as you have established that as a, a place where it could go a lot of different ways. But I do think, at least in our Big East predictions, you were um, – recklessly high. Fair enough. Hey, fair enough. Butler is my new Providence. I was like, I picked Providence when the league last season. I was wrong on that, but I maintain they could have won the conference tournament. Go ahead. Um, I've got Providence third um, in in my Big East rankings. And it's, uh, you know, Ed Cooley, some of it's just Ed Cooley. He's been to five of the past six NCAA tournaments. It would have been six of seven if we had an NCAA tournament last season. They closed last season with six straight wins. They won at Villanova. Now, I believe they're losing three starters, but David Duke is back. He averaged 12 points, 4.2 rebounds per game. And though I could make an argument for UConn as well, if we were trying to guess which teams finish immediately behind Villanova and Creighton in the Big East, I would probably go Providence, UConn in that order. How about this? If you go to the Big East preview on the CBS Sports app or cbsports.com, the team picked third by each of us. So you, me, Kyle Boone, Kyle Porter's not in here. I don't know what they did there. David Cobb, Jerry Palm. How about this? The third place team. You got Providence. I've got Butler. Palm's got Seton Hall. Boone's got Marquette. Cobb's got UConn. I don't think, and who knows? I don't think there's ever been a league preview we've ever done, ever, where the team that's highest third is a different selection by every single person on the panel. That just goes to show you how much uncertainty is in this league. And then, obviously, if that's going to be the case at three, when you go down at four and five and six and seven, there's not a lot of uniformity. Weirdly, everyone except me has Xavier at seven. I do have Providence at seven. So Providence fans loved me last year. Uh, not as much uh, keen on me right now, and, I, and I, I completely get it. Don't don't get me wrong there. But up and down this, man. Providence, I Cooley, has, Cooley is doing... At that school, what's never been done before. I mean, he got he got him to four straight NCAA tournaments, five straight NCAA tournaments that had never been done. Uh, obviously on his way to being the best coach in that program's history there. They do have good potential, but I just think that this is going to be a complete jumble from his highest, again, his highest three and his low as eight because 
to me, St. John's is a is a solid nine. Maybe it'll Golden Gate Mike. Don't leave him out. And then Georgetown is. I I, I was actually shocked. Um, Palm has to Paul last. I think Georgetown is so easily the last team in this conference. I don't think it's particularly that close. Um, real quick on Marquette, uh, they have Dawson Garcia, who was who was the highest rated recruit to come into the league, and he was our preseason freshman of the year. Um, that probably makes sense, though. I don't. I don't know. It's it's interesting in that the Big East doesn't have like a top thirty, top forty recruit in the in the league. Not that, you know maybe that'll change next year, the year after. But this is not going to be a league with freshman stars. Like I really don't know how how important of a player Dawson Garcia is going to be for Marquette. And I want to see how Marquette can bounce back after losing Marcus Howard. They're gonna have DJ Carton, good player. I've got Marquette forty seven by the way in my one to three fifty seven. Um, and I do think Theo John is uh, an important big down low. But when we do these previews, I try and usually pin the team to me in each league that's the most, the biggest moving target, the most mysterious. I don't have a great feel on Marquette. Seton Hall would be a close second, by the way. They were third on our list. We haven't talked about him yet. But, I mean, losing Miles Powell, just like Marquette lost Marcus Howard, the two guys I couldn't remember like four podcasts ago, that's big, you know? Uh, and Romaro Gill's gone. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, Parrish. Uh They've got Sandrew Mamukelashvili, who's returning, and I think that he's a very important big man. Uh, but Seton Hall and Marquette, to me, are the two teams I think will be good. They're just hard to pin down and actually try and figure out where they fit in the grand scheme of college basketball and then within the league. You've got, just so people are clear, you've got the Hall 5, Marquette 6 behind Providence at 3, and then UConn 4. You bring up Dawson Garcia. When we are doing these conference previews for the website, um, you know, we got these awards and, you know, freshman of the year. What I always do is I go through the recruiting rankings and I just start scrolling until I see somebody from the league that we're talking about. And then I, you know, it, it put pit them against the, the other people in that range. And then I, you know, I type a name and I email it in. And like you're looking for SEC, you hit that pretty quickly. You're looking for Big Ten, you hit that pretty quickly. You're looking for Big 12, you hit that pretty quickly. For the Big East, it's like, all right, I'm scrolling. Mm. I'm nobody in the top ten, nobody in the top twenty, nobody in the top thirty. You eventually get to Dawson Garcia, top forty prospect. But you're exactly right. This league this year did not enroll, um, you know, the five star guys that that basically every other power conference enrolls. Yeah, and that'll be, that will be intriguing to see what happens there. I will say this, I. I talked with Dan Hurley. This is back in like July. He expects freshman Andre Jackson to to grow into a pretty good one. I th I'm pretty sure I, I actually put Andre Jackson as my freshman of the year pick there because he might wind up uh, being uh, an important piece on a UConn team that if if they're in the NCAA tournament picture and it's because of, of yes, book night, UConn's got RJ Cole, who was an absolute stud scorer at Howard now. He was a redshirt last year. It, see how he can come in. Um, he would be the one also to watch to, to me in terms of freshmen that could pop. Andre Jackson at UConn. Um, and if you, by the way, if you can't get a cook, a cook healthy by midseason, he'll be another important factor there. Um, just on that note, since I kind of unintentionally swerved into it, um, the fact that UConn is back, like, you know, let's just hit on this quick. Like UConn being back in the Big East, that's a good thing for 20, that's happened in 2020. Like it's it, 11 teams, round robin, 20 game schedule, geographic fit, basketball first league. UConn's going to all be, it should be relevant in the league, top five team in the conference. We both think that's going to be the case there. And they have like good, fun talent. James Booknight, Talk about a deep sleeper. I'm talking deep, deep sleeper for like 
second-team All-American. He could be that guy. If UConn really can come out and be even better than you, I think they would be, and I'm by that I mean like top 25 team, Book Knight could be that kind of player that, that guides him there. So I'm, I'm very excited to see just them back in the league and, and the competition that comes with it. Like It'd be one thing if they kind of rejoined and it was like, all right, well, they're kind of getting their feet under them. It's Hurley's first year. You know, maybe they can finish eighth. That should not be the case. They should be in the mix and should be good enough to, like, keep games against Villanova and Creighton competitive deep into the second half. And that's a good thing for, obviously, Connecticut, but even better for the Big East. Right. Uh, circling back to Georgetown, Patrick Ewing now entering his fourth season. 49 and 46 overall, 19 and 35 in the Big East. Finished eighth, sixth, and eighth in the league in his first three years. No NCAA tournament appearances. Obviously, this season not supposed to go well. Um, everybody has them picked either last or next to last in the Big East. This is one, and we've touched on this before over the years. Like, I really wanted Patrick Ewing to work at Georgetown, and I'm not screaming on November 5th, 2020 that there's no chance that it's going to, but it, it's obviously not going well. If you're a Georgetown Town fan, maybe looking for a reason to be encouraged, we mentioned Seton Hall earlier. Um, Kevin Willard missed the NCAA tournament in each of his first five seasons. He then made it four straight, would have made it last season if we had an NCAA tournament. He's a great example, one of the best examples of where patience from that school actually paid off he's now stabilized that program consistently has it operating at a high level and uh for any listeners who are diehard georgetown fans just know that uh, i hope that i hope the, the the next phase of patrick ewing's uh tenure at your school goes similarly because georgetown is especially if you're around my age one of the biggest brands in the sport like when i was growing up you know georgetown was this monster of a program with Big John and, and Patrick Ewing. Like one of the first athletes I remember recognizing as awesome was Patrick Ewing. Um, and and now he's coaching Georgetown, which is just kind of cool in the same way that Penny Hardaway coaching Memphis is kind of cool. And I would like to see it work, even if it you know has been a bit bumpy. I would too, but this is, yeah, I mean, and it's, by the way, just a hell of a year for Patrick Ewing. He actually had COVID and needed to briefly be hospitalized, obviously lost John Thompson, his his mentor, uh, Georgetown had a complete roster. Like, it has been a really, really rough year for Patrick Ewing. Thankfully, uh, he has his health and, and, and that is going uh, the right way, but from, a, from an on-court perspective here, I just, I've got them, I mean, they just, to me, I, I'll tell you right now, Georgetown on my list is they're in the way down in the hundreds. I've got Georgetown 122. I got them below. I got them one spot below Wake Forest in the one to 357, one of the lowest ranked power ranked teams, uh, power conference teams. So there's not a ton to be inspired with there. Um, DePaul, by the way, um, I think this is a true hot seat situation for Dave, Dave Lato. Um, th there's a new AD there, Dwayne Peavy, and. Um, I'm not saying this will definitely happen, but there's just, you know, general discussion of like Dwayne Peavy came from Kentucky, Kenny Payne left to take a job with the Knicks. If DePaul is bad and they make a change like Kenny Payne to DePaul, already just general curiosity if that, if that will happen there. So if you're a DePaul fan that's waiting for something, um, I think that's the one job in the league where you want to keep an eye on it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Bottom three seem to be consensus. St. St. John's, DePaul, Georgetown in some sort of order. Um, and I would put, I would, I think I mentioned before I St. John's then Georgetown because I was still of a mind that's a 10 team league, but I would put St. John's ahead of DePaul. Yeah, top two 
everybody agrees on in some order. Bottom three, everybody agrees on in some order. We get a little wild. You know, I, I guess it's uh, third, uh, third through eighth in the Big East standings. Um, as for DePaul, it's interesting as I was going back and looking at hot seat list, hot seat list from the past. Dave Lado entered the 2018-19 season on the hot seat. It wasn't that hot then. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, how about this? Finished last in the league. Like that is a combination that usually gets you got. Like, oh, you're you you're entered on the hot seat. You finished last in the league. All right, it's time to go. Comes back. 2019-20. So it's like, okay, he was on the hot seat, finished last. He's got to be on the hot seat again. He's on everybody's hot seat list entering last season. Finishes last in the league again. All right, well, that's got to be it. Obviously, pandemic, whatever. He's back. So he's on the hot seat list. He enters the season on the hot seat list, fairly or unfairly. It just it is what it is for the for the third time. And I'll just put it this way. I can't imagine with a new athletic director that if they finished last again or you know even next to last I, I i i don't know how depaul rationalizes rationalizes bringing him back even if it is true that the last time depaul was good at men's basketball it was with dave Lado responsible for it yeah that's the one key situation to, to track there just so just as a refresher for everyone keeping track at home at cbs our collective we have seton hall three yukon four providence five Marquette 6, Butler 7, Xavier 8, St. John's 9, DePaul 10, Georgetown 11. Real quick, we have not talked about Xavier. Um, I, I, don't, I think that's a team that definitely has a ceiling. I, 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 I don't see Travis Steele's team being a top 6 team in the league. I, I, I don't think they've got enough there. Now, Paul Scruggs is a really fun player. In fact, we just finished um, compiling our list of the top 101 players. Uh, I had Paul Scruggs about four or five more players on my list to nominate. He just didn't quite break through. He is one of those guys that I think could make us look a little bit silly if he winds up just being an absolute volume dude and and keeping Xavier relevant in the league there. They've also got Adam Kunkel from Belmont. So they'll be fine, but I think they've just got a narrower range. The ceiling is lower. The floor is decent. But um, I don't think anyone, real quick, let me check this real quick. I don't think anyone even, yeah, they're high, the highest they are picked is seven in the league. So uh, a little bit of a floor there. And then, and then it's not out of the realm of possibility. We are talking Golden Gate Mike here that maybe St. John's can leap them. Keep an eye on that. St. John's did lose some dudes, including LJ Figueroa over to Oregon. So um, we'll see in year two how the Johnnies respond because that was a job when he took it. Plenty of skepticism. He was the wrong, not the right, not the right guy, the wrong guy for St. John's. We'll see if he can prove people wrong. But, uh, uh, year two is always interesting for those kind of hires. Let's see what the adjustment is. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry, MF and Teagle legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast in the dumbest, right in the middle, dumbest pandemic I, I've ever personally uh, experienced. If you have already subscribed, Thank you. If you have it, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it. I know Norlanda would, too. So knock that out, and we will talk to you again real soon. And by real soon, I mean on Friday when we will complete our series of previews of the top seven conferences in college basketball with a breakdown of the American Athletic Conference. That's coming on Friday morning. Until then, take care.